would know what he know. If there's a God up there, he would have turned it back on us by now. And whoever made humanity will find no humanity here. No, sir. No, sir. So beware. Beware. Did you ever wish you would die? No. It's foolish to ask for luxuries in times like these. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 95 of Vague Zone. I'm Thomas. And I am Daniel. And today we are continuing our coverage of the Mad Max franchise with the detour I chose, uh, doing The Road. So Daniel, would you like to read us the IMDb synopsis for The Road? Sure. 2009, directed by John Hillcote. In a dangerous post-apocalyptic world, an ailing father defends his son as they slowly travel to the sea. Yes. Based on a Cormac McCarthy novel. Have you read any Cormac McCarthy? I haven't. Dude, like, do you know? Do you know much about him? Like, um, a little bit. I know. Um, uh, No Country for Old Men, correct? Yeah, No Is Country that, for Old Men. Yeah. Uh, he wrote this book called Blood Meridian that I read okay. half of, and I, that half was the best book I've ever read. <laughs> okay. uh, he's he has a very it's very poetic. It feels like biblical. Um, and one of his things is that he's like, he doesn't use a ton of punctuation. He, he feels like he, he only uses what's necessary. He doesn't really use quotation marks. You can get away without, without quotation marks. Um, and when he's like listing things, it's usually, and this, and this, and that, and that he doesn't really do like commas and stuff, which kind of makes it feel more of like this arduous weight uh yeah yeah the listing of things i don't know he's he's an interesting writer um but anyway the road 2009 <laughs> uh yes thomas what did you think of the road i really enjoy this we'll also want to say kind of why i chose it so we're doing this franchise run through mad max series um and yeah post-apocalyptic movies are very much their own thing but i was also i was talking to my buddy adam i was like what about zombie movies? Because usually those are set in the post-apocalyptic world. Like, does that fall under the umbrella? And, and you agreed. But I was also, once I got to Korea and kind of got settled in, I was like, I don't really want to watch a zombie movie. I just really wasn't in the mood for it for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Uh, you picked Turbo Kid, which was a really fun, creative detour kind of in that same setting. And I don't know. I've always saw this, saw the poster for this movie. I heard about it and really wanted to see it. And I thought it'd be a good kind of, just like an other side of a coin because you know there's like post-apocalyptic movies can also include stuff like zombie land or it's fun we're hanging yeah. out with, with bill murray we're getting high with bill murray in a mansion it's like it is like... strange <laughs> the way pop culture tries to make the post-apocalypse post-apocalypse think about that phrase yeah <laughs> they try like to make it fun yeah it's like romanticizing this thing yeah. where like everyone's gone like the resources are really bleak and so uh, yeah i kind of wanted to see like that and see a, a much more like gritty uh, version of that not just to be depressing but also I, i'm just curious you know what would that be like and what is that world like and so yeah the road i think is like the perfect kind of depiction of that is very bleak the color palette is like a lot of grays browns and dark greens uh i was looking at the production they shot this in like a lot of pra- like practical places like in like philadelphia or like in oregon and so it's not a lot of like 
CG as far as like the landscapes are concerned, which I thought was really good. And yeah, it's like the performances are fantastic, and it's just a very it's very heavy. Um, but I think there it does a really good thing of yeah, like you talked about Cormac McCarthy sort of being poetic, and I don't know, he has this like American sense of of storytelling where it is uh, kind of gray morally, where we like we don't really know who is good, who is bad. And we want to believe everything that this dad is telling his son. We really want to believe everything that he's saying is gospel and that he's like our, our faithful guide through this world. But over the course of this movie, we find out that he's right about a lot of things and he's also wrong about a lot of things. And I don't know, I just thought it was a really just like a, a beautiful depiction of a father and son relationship in very extreme circumstances. And yeah, I, I really appreciate this movie. But yeah, it is depressing. It is sad. Uh, it is really kind of tough to get through because you know it's the post-apocalyptic in a realistic sense so we're, we're eating bugs we're drinking dirt <laughs> like it's drinking <laughs> dirt. It's, it's 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 fucking tough so yeah i i enjoyed it but yeah i would say that like it is i was it, i was excited to watch it but as i finished it i was like this was a arduous kind of draining kind yeah. of thing but i think it's still a gorgeous movie um what did you think about it um i loved it <laughs> like i'd seen it once before i think in college um on like a small tv in a kitchen getting drunk (laughs) with my buddy um and i remember thinking it was all right like it didn't make a huge impact on me but this time around like watching it on a much larger screen with the lights off and everything sober just like allowing myself to get into the movie um yeah i i loved it i think there's only one scene i don't like which is a earthquake scene uh, Hmm, where it feels like it felt like to me, the budget just kind of took a dive. There's this artificial camera shake, which feels kind of, uh, I don't know. It feels like hacky, like a way to portray an earthquake. And then uh, there's some questionable uh, tree falling down special effects. Like some of it looks pretty good. Some of it looks like it it, kind of reminded me of like a sci-fi channel moment. Um, Okay. But that's fair. But yeah, otherwise, <laughs> I fucking love this movie. Um, it is something that I was thinking about. It's interesting that we watched um, Everything Everywhere all at once earlier this year, which is yeah. this this movie about like pointlessness and the meaninglessness of existence, of life, of modern life. Uh, yeah, we feel yeah. like we're going in circles. We're crushed by the weight of everything. Uh, there's this question of like, what is worth living for? Um in everything everywhere all at once and now we cut to this movie where society has completely fallen apart uh suicide is a recurring element in this movie um there's a moment where the father and the son walk into a building and there's three bodies hanging there um and the son says like why did they do that and then he says you know why (laughs) and so there is this question of like what is the point of living when everything has collapsed what are you holding on to what are you fighting for what are you living for and there's this element of carrying the fire um so this feels like a very yeah carrying the flame there's like this it's a very philosophical movie it feels like um which we can get deeper into later but um but yeah i fucking i i loved it uh i was listening to some other people talk about this movie and they're talking about the father and son relationship and like this question of like is he a good dad isn't he a good dad and it's like i don't and it's like that's that is a part of this movie but i also feel like that's not the point of this movie like the point of it feels like it is just about finding hope in like a violent and vulgar world (laughs) yeah 
But um, definitely, yeah, I was thinking a lot about that because there's a lot of moments um, in this. Because if you're thinking purely about survival, there's so many moments where the dad does something, and I'm just like, that doesn't feel like the smartest thing to do. But yeah, he's he's made it to this point anyway. It's not so a Bear of, Grylls movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, not at all. But like, yeah, there's a part where. There's a scene in this movie where they're walking down this road, they're heading towards the water, and he's using these binoculars to, like, scope out places to, before they go into it. So they're not just, like, rushing into buildings, being reckless. But mm-hmm. they do find this this big, like, empty building, and he starts going in and starts, like, searching in the way that I did feel was reckless, where he was just like, oh, there's a, a, a locked door on the floor. We have to open it up, and we have to go inside to see mm-hmm. it. There's a, a scene later on when they're walking and he like steps on like a metal plate and he's like oh there's a door here we have to go inside he doesn't like he doesn't say it but his action state like as soon as he finds something he like investigates head on and like takes his son into this situation whether it could be safe or not and i was just like i don't know is he good at survival but like he is like he's like getting through these events like he's you know he's so he does deliver the line i think the first time he finds like a trap door he does deliver the line someone locked this for a reason and so, yeah, like, yeah. that kind of lets you understand the mindset of, like, he knows there's something good in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's something worth hiding, something worth protecting. And this is a world where there's a scene with an old man later where he talks about how he knew it was coming. Um, and so if there's this idea that, you know, people had been anticipating whatever this apocalyptic event was, so people had, there were people who had prepared for it, and we get to see that later on in the movie with, like, a you know, a hatch that leads to a bunch of food. So. Yeah, which is, like, an amazing scene. I'll get more into that later. But I want to ask Absolutely. what he thought about, like, the makeup and the visuals of this because I thought that was, like, one of the strongest points of this is just, like, how dirty and grimy yeah. Viggo Mortensen and Scotty Fit McAfee look in this movie. So there's... The only other John Hillcoat movie I've seen, I believe, is The Proposition, which is a Western he directed. Hmm. Okay. And I loved that movie. It was written by Nick Cave, the singer-songwriter. Um, who scored this movie? Yeah, he's yeah he did. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, but uh, they're, all, they're all buddies. <laughs> but like something I remember about the proposition, something that really stuck with me is that people in that movie are—it's a western, and everyone is filthy. <laughs> like everyone is like the dirt is like sticking to the sweat on their skin and to the blood yeah. on their skin. And they're like wiping grease from their mouths and stuff. Um, and so yeah, I love that he. I don't know. Making your characters filthy is such an important part of it. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it is like it, it does a lot to paint the world um, and fill yeah. in the world. Like, yeah, it, like I said, I was, it's making me think of like Zombieland or something. Where it's like, yeah, you guys, you still look hot. Like you guys, like all of you guys look like models. Like you look great. Um, you don't look like you've been like scavenging for food and like yeah. it's really scraping walls. I need to see the fingernails. Show me yeah, the fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so there's like a scene in this movie where like they get to this house and then they like once they establish that it's safe, they like start to clean and like just do like a, a bathe session, and it's just like such. A relieving moment when it's like oh yeah it's like he's teaching something like this is shampoo <laughs> it's like it's like this is the first time you're probably experiencing washing your hair yeah, and anyone who's like nice yeah anyone who's been like slightly sweaty or uncomfortable for like a half of a day can know just like imagine doing this over years and years like how like cathartic and relieving that would be yeah if you've ever interacted with a homeless person who doesn't have immediately have that resource like 100 percent yeah 100 percent also a detail like there's so many details in this like 
when uh, uh, kind of getting into spoilers a little bit, but um, when Robert Duvall's character shows up and like he's unrecognizable yeah. in this movie, like I was just like, yeah, I had to look it up because I was like, is that Robert Duvall? Yeah, I was like, just, am I? Is, is this right? Yeah, props to the hair, makeup, wardrobe department for yeah making him completely unrecognizable on screen. But also, yeah, just like his cardboard shoes just like really yeah. stuck out to me as just like a strong image of just like this old aging man who is just like completely like he's blind. He's just like completely like detached from everything. He's just got like these cardboard shoes on it. And I just felt just just those little details help really drive a lot of things home. Yeah, I haven't read The Road, but like having read some Cormac McCarthy once we get to the scene with the old man and they're sitting around the campfire and they're talking about how like, you know, to me, he's a God and the yeah. danger of traveling with a God, <laughs> possibly the last God, uh, that is Corman McCarthy as fuck. <laughs> like that yeah. scene, I was like, Oh my gosh, this, they have to be lifting dialogue directly from this. And we have the book. And so we were like, look at Emily was looking through it. Cause she's read it. And she was like, oh, yeah, cool. a lot of this dialogue is like stripped straight from the book. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Also, his name is Eli, so I guess that is more kind of another biblical connection too. Yeah. Uh, early on, there's a billboard that says like "Welcome to the" or "Beware the Valley of Slaughter" or like or "Welcome to the" something or just "The Valley of Slaughter" or something like. It's like a Bible verse and just a really uh, ominous bit of like you know something very ominous kind of start us off in this movie. Um. Should we get into spoiler territory or? Is there um, anything you want to say before we get there? Yeah, yeah, because I think a lot of these themes sort of hinge on those moments. Because like the whole theme about like carrying the flame and like yeah. he keeps asking his sons like like we have to find the good guys. We have to find the people that are good. Like we're not cannibals. We're not thieves. Yeah. We're not going to be you know raiding people. But like we see several situations where like are you the good guys? Like what is good in this yeah. world? Like the spectrum is very fuzzy. Um, yeah, I think, I think the only, the last spoiler free comment I want to make is, is you brought this up earlier is color. Um, and this, this is something I was thinking about today. It was like, I feel like the only time I really noticed like color pop in that movie, there's a scene where they find a can of dull, uh, pineapple <laughs> and it has like the yellow in that can is really noticeable. And they also find a Coca-Cola and like all this, like these artificial, uh signifiers of food <laughs> yeah, yeah like not the food itself it's like these artificial like ways of identifying like these cans of things uh, yeah are, like are the, really the neon green and yellow can of like a yeah. can but then also it's the fire anytime they have a fire it is this it is this bright illumination in an otherwise very gray uh, movie um yeah. and so yeah like the moments of color are these moments of like life uh and uh yeah like do you carry the fire do you protect the fire it's like that is it's this major thematic thing element and it is bursting through the movie yeah um also as a, not a to contradict but i think like another uh, counterpoint to sort of the color representing life there's a few shots where they're like walking and they're like he'll step in a stream and the water will have like a green like mm. tint to it like in the splash and i was just like oh that's another very subtle way of being like, like yeah, version like, of life <laughs> yeah it's just like yeah like there's water but it's like yeah. it looks like mountain dew <laughs> like, yeah it's, not it's absolutely tainted yeah um so yeah getting into spoiler territory uh 
is this? Yeah, I guess it is a spoiler. So I, I touched on earlier how like suicide is a recurring thing. Um, the man's wife dies by suicide. She wanders out into the blackness of this apocalyptic world, uh, walking to her death. And she earlier in the movie, like they have a, uh, an argument about should they kill themselves? <laughs> like she wants to kill herself. She wants to kill her son. So her son doesn't have to live in this world. Um, and there's a kind of a darkly comedic line where she says other families are doing it. And I was like, that yeah. is kind of weird that like yeah. <laughs> you're using that as a justification here. Um, yeah. Yeah. That definitely stuck out. But yeah, like, I mean, the fact that early on in the movie, they walk into a building and we see three bodies. It's like, that is, it feels like it's a stand in for what could have been for this father, this mother and this child. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, I never put that together. That's yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, there's something about that too that I didn't really catch when I was watching this the first time. Um, I had to read the Wikipedia, and it says that, or like it may have been Reddit or whatever, but they were saying that um, that there were three bullets available for this gun, and the father used one of those bullets to shoot an intruder, and because of that, now there's only two left, and then she blames him. For oh, like, for, for okay. because because he made that decision, she now resents him for not allowing them to have a way for escape. all of yeah. all of them to escape together as a family. And that, I didn't really catch that. And so, I didn't catch that either. Yeah, that's something where I was initially. I was just like, why is she like like really aggressive towards like to be to be in this position? And it, I don't know. I, I I didn't quite get her character until I sort of got that piece of information a little bit more. Then I was like, okay, yeah, she she honestly had a little bit of a point in terms of like, she even says that she's like, if they find us, like they're going to rape me, they're going to rape him, and they're going to kill us both. And, and like, then eat us. Yeah, yeah, it's very cut and dry, very bleak, mm -hmm. and it's just like, and even we see later in these mo moments where they infiltrate this house. And then the owners come back. The cannibal owners come back. That is back one of the he, best scenes. I love yeah. that scene. Yeah. And he puts ahead. the gun to the son's. He puts the gun to the son's forehead. It's just like, like no, like I understand. Like that is the like the yeah. fast way out. But like why? Yeah. Why would you want to subject your child to that just for the sake of survival? And it goes back to this whole thing of like, what is the point of getting to the ocean? And if every day you have to have this moment with your child of like well, this is going to be over any moment. Yeah, and it's like they're heading south, but what are they heading to? Like, yeah, they don't, there may be nothing out down there. Uh, yeah. They're just heading away from the cold because they won't survive another winter without going south. Like, yeah, and I get, yeah. Yeah, they're only living to survive. Yeah, and that wanted to ask, what did you think about how this movie keeps it really vague with um, the conditions or like the causes of the apocalypse. Like we, we get a few details. He basically says like, Oh, the clock stopped at one seventeen, or, and then like, you know, there's no food, there's no life, there's no, uh, what's it not livestock. There's, there's no livestock and there's no crops. And because of that is like society has resulted into cannibalism just to, yeah. just to scrape by. It's like, what did you think about, them like not really touching on the causes of i mean i assume it was like a nuclear thing that's just like what i'm going with because we do see like flashes of fire at the beginning don't we like they're like looking out a window and we're yeah just feeling flames and then i also feel like the flames lasted several days um yeah maybe that's a detail i read like the first 30 pages of the book like yesterday morning oh, um, cool. so maybe that's a detail of the book but um 
I, I mean, it, it makes sense to me. Like, we don't need to know what went wrong because th- that's not the point. The point is that we're we're following these characters. The point is the question of why live through this bleak and horrible experience. Yeah. <laughs> like, what what will drive a person? What are what? Yeah, what is the point? <laughs> like, that is the question. And uh, finding out the cause is not pertinent to answering that or exploring that. So. Yeah, I think that's that's so true, and also I think it connects to the, the I, sorry, not the idea, the fact that these characters minus one don't have any names. Like, there's just the father, there's a son, yeah. there's a mother, and there's like a lot of like of like vagrants or others, not vagrants, other survivors out there that they encounter with. But the the like it's a total opposite from like uh, Mad Max, where you know there's Toe Cutter and uh, yeah. they, these people have Incredible like these, names. yeah, these really theatrical, epic names for these like villains of the wasteland. But here it's just like it's just a guy, <laughs> and that's that a, guy has a knife to your son's neck. That's a wonderful point because it illustrates that like these are just these movies are about different things. Like Mad yeah, Max yeah. is about exploring the details and the minutia of like people going nuts <laughs> like yeah. they're of course they're gonna all have crazy names they're all gonna dress crazy have weird haircuts they're all gonna drive like maniacs they're gonna be violent like we want to explore all of that and then like also we want to do some like lore stuff and like show that like this ha- like these all of this madness has a history um yeah yeah and so with this it's like it's kind of like the cormac mccarthy thing of not having punctuation like i know it's kind of a weird comparison i'm making right now but it's like you're getting all you need and anything you don't need would just be noise so why why provide it like we're we're giving you what we need to have you explore the questions we want to explore to explore the themes that we want to explore anything else would just be distraction from that so let's not do it um and i think that's part of why i also feel like we can lose the earthquake scene we don't need the earthquake scene (laughs) like it is it is adding color and like detail to this post-apocalyptic world but i don't necessarily feel like it's it's really, you know, it feels like fat. We can trim it. Yeah, I, I feel that way. Yeah, it is uh, one of those things that, yeah, it is towards, like, the end of the movie, and there's a couple of, like, scattered conflicts that sort of show up towards the end, and it, that is the one where it's like, okay, yeah, we're just going to duck out of the ways of yeah. these trees. But I guess there's it's other, like, yeah. yeah, maybe we need to remind the audience that, like, it's not just people, it is not just an awfulness that has occurred through, you know whatever devastating event occurred prior it, the earth still has its normal hardships yeah, so like yeah. maybe maybe that's why okay i'm convincing myself right now that like perhaps it's worthwhile yeah you mentioned the, the, cam- the camera shake and the camera shake didn't bother me too much i did appreciate just the, there's one shot where we just kind of see the roots coming out of the ground yeah. and i just like just just like just that feeling of like oh shit yeah like trees are like yeah they'll they'll be there and then like the idea is like no even the Earth's infrastructure, quote unquote, is like crumbling. It's like yeah. these yeah, things are not being able to stand. Um, um, what do you think I about wanna, the? Go ahead. You, you, no, you first. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to go back to that Cannibal House because yeah. that was a scene that I fell in love with. It felt like environmental storytelling, the sort of stuff that you get in like a video game. Um, yeah. Where it's like they walk in, the dad is like kind of. Uh, I don't know it feels like his mind is elsewhere like he's always looking down he's always looking down the hall always ready for what's far down the way um and the sun is like glancing into a world so so i think the first thing the sun might notice is uh does he notice the pots first or is that last i think it's last actually 
So I think oh, the first yeah. thing, oh, the first thing we notice is there's a bunch of dishes in the sink in the kitchen. Yeah. And it's like, so now I'm asking myself, why are we being shown these dishes? Go ahead. Also, uh, one of the first things I like really linked onto in that scene is the pile of shoes. Yeah. I was just like, oh shit, like this is a very distinct, specific thing where it's yeah. like, when we know like growing up in this world, like a pile of shoes is that like, you're echoing images of the Holocaust, Holocaust and yeah. these like these massacres and so seeing that in someone's living room you're like oh no like i was just like okay go like just get the fuck out of there but yeah yeah so i think it's the first thing is the dishes which i'm just asking myself like okay why do they have all these dishes (laughs) like they're eating well i would assume (laughs) and then we get the dad and the son are wandering down a hallway the son notices the pile of shoes the dad doesn't he tries to get his dad's attention they continue onward up the stairs um i think it's up the stairs and then, yeah. Uh, yeah, because then the people are coming home, they make their escape, and then they pass. Um, wait, is that what happens? Uh, I, I know at some point they notice these, like, pots, these, like, cauldrons outside of the house. And it's like, uh, and that's when I was like, oh, okay, they're cannibals. <laughs> like, they're at a cannibal yeah. house. Uh, but, yeah, that's, it. yeah, it's beautiful. The way, Like, it doesn't it's only showing you things it's showing you things and you have to put the pieces together to realize what the characters are too late to realize yeah and also i think that scene has my favorite line exchange of the entire movie that's not something philosophical or really you know sweet or talking about the the survival of man or those things there's a line because they sneak in through the window and the guy's like you kept the window open? She's like, I kept it open for the smell. And the guy's like, what yeah. smell? And she's like, you don't smell it anymore? Yeah. And just like, just that progression was like, oh yeah, like people are kind of getting to this uh, level of desperation at different points where some people are probably totally cool with, you know, <laughs> those stenches that come from eating other humans and this guy hasn't gotten there yet. I used to work at a dog daycare and 30 dogs a day would be in that mm. basement. I remember the day I interviewed there the overwhelming smell of dog and then after working there for for a while like i i never i wouldn't notice it (laughs) like i would come home smelling like dog and wouldn't bother me Uh, yeah yeah, the the, the smells of our workplaces yeah i'd like made sandwiches for quite a long time and it's like oh yeah i'm just like the sauces and the the meats so it's a walking deli there's a scene I want to bring up where talking about like, are we the good guys? And I think it's the scene that really affected me the most because of uh, the way it happens, but also because of the casting. And um, this is obvious. I'm talking about Michael K. Williams' appearance towards the end when they get to the beach. Oh yeah, which I thought was a, a pretty fucking heartbreaking moment. Where, it, like, this is what I kind of go back to saying: like, is the dad making smart decisions when they they're at the beach? And he sees this, uh, sees the boat, and he's like, "I'm gonna go scavenge the boat." And in my mind, I'm just like, "You're leaving your like, son behind?" I'm like, like, yeah, I'm like, "Why? Like, what could this be is on a that? god?" Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, you're you're carrying the flame. You can't just leave the flame on the beach while you go see if there's gonna be something on this like capsized boat. And, and, and so, even earlier in the movie, there's a like a wide shot where there's just like we get a huge bit of desolation, and there's like two like oil tankers or two huge boats just like on like mm-hmm. a, the freeway essentially. It's just like yeah, these it's, it gives the appearance that these places have been raided and have been looted and have been like searched to the point where why would you do it? But also, we mentioned the uh, 
the bunker full of food scene. So you're, you're right. There are moments where those bits of exploration do pay off. Uh, but yeah, that was the one moment where I was like, I don't think that's a smart thing to do. And yeah, he, he robs the kid, he robs them of all their stuff. And then he catches up to him, robs him, but he strips him naked mm -hmm. and leaves him there while his son is like pleading for him to stop. Yeah, it's like, why you didn't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they walk away and then he sort of convinces him to go back and leave everything there for him. And yeah, I don't know. I just props to Michael K. Williams for putting on a very fucking yeah. incredible performance in that moment. But yeah, that I think that might be my favorite scene of the movie just because like it's the turning point for the son and it's the moment where you realize that yeah, like like this dad is a survivor, but is he a good survivor like he philosophizes to be? Yeah, he's losing he is losing a bit of his humanity also. And like how much of how much of your humanity do you have to lose to survive out there? Yeah. It's like you, how much like trust or you know do you have for these encounters and yeah like him protecting the sun inside of the bunker not the, yeah when they're like they hear footsteps above and he's like oh there's like a dog up there and, and he's like no like we're not like we, we have to get yeah. out of here like it's like like everyone's bad no one's not good. just a dog yeah and i don't know just like those moments like, i think those two really stuck out to me of just like i really want to trust the dad in when we're set up the way it's set up is like yeah like it's just the, the father and the son so of course we're going to instinctively trust all of his decisions as like the the right thing to do but yeah in those moments it's just that illusion but the dog shattered. thing it is it, it, he does make a point which is like if there's a dog there's people with that dog because yeah, it's like yeah. whoa like is that dog just i don't know it made me think about like wolves and the way wolves were domesticated is they would follow people people around yeah. and eat their scraps and stuff <coughs> yeah and also it's established in the very beginning of this movie that yeah there's no animals no yeah that's like not a bit that's not really a thing mm -hmm. anymore and yeah and so that little encounter is really really i don't know really crucial but also i love the uh when they find the beetle inside of the yeah tin. i was just thinking that yeah get that little bit of like a nice little bit of color to show that life and everything that has a little bit of hope and then immediately that gets shot in the leg <laughs> gets takes an arrow to the knee yeah immediately um yeah and then it goes that ties back into the are we the good guys when she's like you were following us and she's like no we like like no oh, I went, I'm gonna yeah well he back. says like, why why are you following us she says you were following yeah. us correct um yeah. yeah that okay so when he dies at the end the father and Guy Pierce comes out. First off, I, I didn't like that it was Guy Pierce because I'm like, this is distracting. <laughs> like, you should have got, we should have gotten like a smaller actor. Um, uh, I, I had a little bit of soju in me, and I, I literally said out loud, "Oh shit, it's Brad Pitt." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, nope, that that is incorrect, Thomas. <laughs> That's uh, Guy Pierce. And Guy Pierce is the lead in Proposition, the western he previously made. So I think oh, that's cool. also why I was like, I was in, kind of in my head as soon as he appeared on screen. Okay. Um, but, like, as soon as he shows up, it's like, I don't trust this man at all. Like, clearly he's been he's been following them. The father has been right that they have been followed. Um, yeah. And it's like, it feels like this man is opportunistic, that he knows the father has just died. Now he's making, now he's moving in on the son. Um, and then we get the appearance of the, like, the, I don't know if she's a mother, but she's a woman. And also two children and a dog <laughs> and it didn't even occur to me at the time at first i was just like she, she says that they've been following them and i was like oh okay like 
that must be the paranoia from when he got shot in the leg. But I think he also said he was followed, oh, with uh, Michael K. Williams. He said, why are you following us? Um, So it's like, okay, maybe they've been following a while. It didn't connect with me that the dog is the same dog from when they found that underground little bunker thing uh, until Emily mentioned it to me. Uh, Yeah. And also it made the connection to when they go to the uh, the dad's childhood home and he's like, oh, this is like the, the nauseous from when I was growing up and this is, you know, like, he's like oh, trying yeah, to like, this boy. is like, yeah. yeah, this is where we hang the stockings and another amazing line when the son's like, I don't think we should be doing this and he's sort yeah. of like learning that like, maybe we shouldn't be taking time to be sentimental in a place where, you know, we could get totally run up on and killed in that in the book that scene happens very early um that was like one of the things i did read and it feels like there's just like this son has like this fear about going into that house like the whole time like okay um i yeah i feel like the sentimentality itself is something to be feared and like the father apologizes says we shouldn't have done it but after they leave but um but yeah i actually i think Putting it before is interesting, but I, I think it works a lot better putting it after the cannibal house because then I, yeah. it's like we've learned this lesson of like, okay, we, when you go into a house, like there are consequences. Yeah. So now that audience is a little on edge, and I think having the father remember these things, it adds a little bit of hope or a little bit of light to this yeah. otherwise very bleak thing. It's not just like a constant crescendo of awfulness. It's like we get yeah, a, yeah. we get a little we get some beats here and there. Yeah, yeah I tell you, I literally I was getting emotional when they like they climb down and they like they the shot turns around. It's just filled with food, and I was just like, oh yeah. shit! Like and they the, fucking earned it. And they turn the light on. The electricity works very very briefly. I was like, holy shit! Yeah, there's yeah. Pa- oh, and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That part is really awesome. Um, uh, and then uh, also I uh, want to commend Cody Smith. I think his performance is really good. It's a little shaky at sometimes when he's kind of just like has to just Papa? like kind of cry, cry, yeah, say Papa or like cry and scream. But I, I like his progression a lot. And you mentioned the not trusting Guy Pierce. It's like he doesn't either. That's why he vets him. He's like, yeah. do you eat people? And he's like, do you have kids? Like, are you carrying the fire? Like he yeah. sort of has that his dad's. Well, at least those core philosophies dialed into her. Like, if you see someone, like, if they don't meet that criteria, then they're going to have to fuck off or die, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. Loved yeah. it. Loved this movie. Awesome. I, honestly, I don't know why. I, th- I thought you were not going to like it. I was kind oh, of man. almost not going to choose it. It was either this or it's going to be Train to Busan too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that one. But, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I remember thinking it was just, like, okay, the road. Um... I don't know maybe it's just been it's been a weird it's been a weird few years uh, so maybe, <laughs> maybe i am definitely looking at it through a different lens um we've also watched a ton of uh, post-apocalyptic stuff between mad max and also way back when we watched threads our first episode that isn't online yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah 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 well started thinking about threads while watching this too yeah it's another realistic depiction but uh, even more like some more like newsreel kind of uh, yeah the, the, the threads is like way it. harsher <laughs> even yeah, yeah. like the breakdown of language is such a fascinating thing in threads to me like yeah, everyone's yeah. speaking like this broken english like of the children who have grown up in this apocalypse um that is yeah. such a there's something so disturbing i like I, I think because it is like foundationally uh 
at uh, in opposition of what i perceive to be humanity right now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's like we st- in the road people are still talking people still have like you know his father has an affection for his son um yeah and he's, telling, then, he's reading him stories and teaching him things about you know animals and and then in threads we end with just fucking uh why everyone's an animal <laughs> like yeah, yeah it's bad uh, what do you call it when uh, we're feral is what we are. Yeah. 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 Um, there's one just piece of action I just want to give a, a little shout out to that I really enjoyed is early on when they the first encounter with like the, the group of raiders and the guy that kind of goes down to pee and then they has a confrontation with the dad. And just I don't know, just the way that it's shot to where he like slides down the hill and grabs the sun. I just like the fact that it's kind of done in a wide and he's like shot and it's kind of it's just i don't i like that they don't really like go in close for that it's all done yeah. in like it may i don't know just the way that it was shot was just really effective on me like just the image of him holding the sun with the knife to his and he just like just pops him and then he just falls over and there's not a lot of, there's only a, a few cuts is done in a like a wide to where you see it all play out it just yeah. felt really raw to me yeah any other final thoughts on the road I mean, I have. I think I'm gonna have a lot of thoughts about it, but yeah. we can. I think we can move on. It is. It is one of those. Yeah, yeah. philosophical. It's like, what is? Yeah, what is the? What is this light? What is this fire? Um, we are not. We are not cavemen anymore. Uh, so it is. I feel like the way we view survival is totally different. It's not. We're not just these machines who need to proceed need to progress need to continue moving forward now we have we are these entities that question what is the value of this experience um Um, uh, i guess my last 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 thing is what did you notice like the uh sounds of like family noises over the credits or at least the first few bit of credits i may have stopped watching at that okay so that is one thing we're uh, kind of got to say boo to the streaming era a little bit for uh, rushing credits uh, out of the way because over the first like two minutes or so, it's like we hear the sounds of civilization. Mm. And so, and I'm thinking, is this something that's, is this audio that is representing what's before or is this audio representing of what eventually can get regained? It's like a children of men thing where yeah. children of men ends so with we, like a bunch of babies crying, I think. It's like, yeah, well, it's like uh, like a barbecue, and we hear, like, laughter, and, like, we hear, like, someone's, like, going to work, and it's, like, it just sounds mm. like it's, okay. it's very domestic. Yeah, and it was kind of beautiful, because yeah. I don't think I've ever experienced that in a movie where they sort of give you a little bit more of a hint in a, a very abstract okay. way. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. Like, is it is it, this is what's been lost, or is this what's to come? Yeah, that's the last little parting thought. But, um, yeah, what have you been watching this week? I watched Nope! Ooh, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing you haven't seen it yet. I don't know what the situation is in Korea. Oh, I saw, oh, I saw it. You that saw really, it? Hell yeah. Okay. I, I had to had to go see it before I, I left the States. Okay, so I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There was one scene in particular that, which I'm not, well, we'll, we'll discuss in spoilers, but um, yeah, there was one scene in particular where the movie just went to a place I did not expect it to go, and it absolutely... It blew my mind. <laughs> and I know I'm overstating it for anyone listening who hasn't seen it. It was a very special moment to me. Um, for sure, for sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, that's... I, 
I feel like... <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's sort of how I felt about Us. There's a lot of moments in that movie that I felt were written by Jordan Peele specifically for me. It's like, I love the, the, the song, I Got Five on it, and I love the idea of doppelgangers. So the entire second half of that movie, I was in heaven. I feel like... How, how, how would you rank his movies? Um, I, I think I would still put uh, Get Out at one. I think... Uh, I don't know. I... I think Nope edges out us a little bit just because it's a little bit more, I think it plays its hand a little bit better where us is trying to, us is like trying to eat a whole steak when you've had a lobster right before. It's like, it's, it is, it is very ambitious and it is yeah, it's very a little, little messy in that ambition, but I, I love it. I just think it's just an amazing movie. I really love Us, and I defended that movie. <laughs> that was a hill I had to die on when I, so I was working at the cafe during that. People were like, "This is dumb. This is stupid." I was like, "You, you just like this movie. Is, this is a good I movie." I wouldn't say like, it's stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I it's I'm like, not the biggest fan of Us, but I would, I would definitely would not say it was dumb or stupid. Yeah, it's like it's clunky, but like that yeah. doesn't make it a bad movie. Like this is still miles ahead of a lot of things you're gonna see in a theater right now. Yeah. But go on, go on about um, no. I think I probably do get up, get out, no bus too. Um, yeah. Get out just feels like it's more, it's biting, uh, it's biting. It does a great job of balancing like the comedy with its tension, um, which is just fun. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like such a special experiencing that in the theaters. Yeah. Um, and then us, I feel like us gets for me, it gets a little too carried away with symbology. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I did not enjoy a lot of the conversation around that movie where it's like, this means this and this means this. I was like, is this whole movie just a code? <laughs> like, is this just a code to be deciphered? Like, yeah. Um, nope. I really enjoy it because I feel like it works on a variety of levels. Like you could dive deeper into the themes and what is this movie saying and how do uh, how, you could get into the symbology thing of like, because Jordan Peele is absolutely a director who, uh, pays attention to that stuff and inserts that stuff into his movies. So you could get yeah. carried away with that. And how is all of this pointing towards what this movie is saying? Or you could just watch it as like a fun space invader Western. Um, yeah. And you could have a perfectly good time just doing that. I, I believe. I don't know. <laughs> like the themes are no, kind totally. of there to be grappled with. So. But, um, but yeah, I really, really loved this movie. Uh, so what is the scene? I, I'm dying. To okay. Know. So spoiler territory now for Nope. Um, eventually, I believe it's Jupe is his name, right? Uh, Sean, Steven Yeun's character? Uh, yeah. Uh, did, yeah, Jupe. Jupe? Jupe? Uh, yeah, or Jupe? Jupe? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, Steven Yeun. <laughs> eventually, <laughs> yes. so Steven Yeun, you know, he's a child who survived this chimpanzee attack, uh, on the set of this sitcom. Um, and now he, 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 before him and the, before the chimpanzee gets killed on this set they have their explosive fist bump uh so he likes to believe that he had a connection with this chimpanzee now there is this uh ufo which turns out it's not a ufo it's actually an alien uh sort of terrorizing this this area out uh, in the desert i guess and um jupe believes that you know maybe i can form a connection with this animal this this predator also he starts feeding it horses uh and he's having the debut of this new, I forget what it's called. I want to say it's like Space Lasso or something like that, the name of the show. But he has this like new show where it's going to be him and the alien. <laughs> and it goes horribly wrong. <laughs> it comes out over the crowd, 
comes out over him and we get we cut to a shot and this is when i was like i don't know everything about the build-up to this was like it had me man like yeah it's yeah. so well shot like the tension is so well implemented um and i i believe what happens is we feel the alien coming it ignores the horse and it is hovering above them uh Steven Yun is like looking up and the camera is like panning up his head <laughs> like he is he is disappearing below the frame and then people start getting sucked up right like i have i want to see yeah. it again people start getting sucked up and then um and then we cut to the inside of the alien <laughs> yes, and that yes. is what blew my fucking mind it was like i did not expect that we would be putting the camera inside the alien seeing everything float around inside it all of these people just hearing the sounds of screams and terror um it felt like it reminded me a bit of fire in the sky did you ever see fire in the sky no i haven't seen that Fire in the sky it's kind of just like a and a like a drama about a man who was abducted but um hmm. but there is like one scene in that movie which is like incredible incredibly potent horror um <laughs> so okay. effective and so, yeah, this scene kind of from Nope kind of reminded me of that. It's like we have transcended where we once were. We have we have left the earth. We have left the safety of the ground. And we are now inside the alien. Um, yeah, it, it was transcendent. Yeah. Like that's the only word I can use. Like I was like giddy. I was so excited. I was scared. <laughs> like I was feeling everything in that moment, and I was loving yeah, it. I, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> like I saw it. So I saw it at the Martinez Theater, and yeah, I like. I think that was a moment where I felt like my my enthusiasm was like a little bit ahead, not ahead, a little bit above of what was kind of going on in the theater because I was like, like I'm gonna start saying oh shit and fuck and stuff. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, like I ready was to a, stand up. <laughs> yeah, it was a like I think there was a, a like an older couple a few rows back that's you know like oh gosh or just like kind of just like just a really like mild. I was like you, this is like a oh fuck moment. Like yeah. you can't say oh gosh. Like, I think like, Emily and I looked at each other like we know what is like we're both having this moment, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like you see the inside and it's like the once you get like a glimpse of like the organics and like just how things are inside of this beast. It's yeah, it's fucking terrifying. It's claustrophobic. Yeah, like you see, yeah, go through the aliens inside tubes <laughs> like... yeah it's, it's fucked up yeah really really gnarly um one thing i really really enjoy about this movie is a very small detail very small screenwriting thing but i like absolutely loved it is early on in the movie when uh oj is like scanning the property or whatever there is a small sign that says no trespassers and on the tr on that sign is a sign of there's a dirt bike on that sign mm, okay. and then what happens later in the third act yeah. a man on a dirt bike trespasses into the movie and i was just like stuff like that just kind of yeah. makes a good movie into a great movie in my opinion it shows an attention it, to detail and it, yeah. ma it makes i think about like charlie kaufman he i remember him talking about how he likes pref he prefers theater over film because film is dead and like that sounds harsh like saying like oh yeah. the medium of film is dead but like what he means is like when you release a movie yeah it's yeah. done <laughs> like it's like theater every night could have like new surprises but like uh, a movie yes, is, yeah. is done once it's out there however if you approach it knowing that you can approach it playfully and you could be like well i want people to revisit this and i want them to take something new so like i can insert something uh 
at the beginning that becomes recontextualized by what they see at the end but if if without the information of what happens at the end they don't know that it's important at the beginning <laughs> so yeah. like this sign um like I, it's interesting that you picked up on that sign and saw that it reoccurred later on in the movie that it had relevance later on in the movie uh, i feel like that's something yeah. i would pick up on a rewatch yeah, that's something, like, when I watched it in a theater, it, like, it hit me immediately. And even, like, going on Twitter and on Reddit and, like, looking with people, like, no one really, like, mentioned it because it's, it's such a small moment in a, a movie. It, it's a, a very small moment in a movie where the house gets drenched in blood, where, like, there, there's, like, an entire sweeping scene where we're trying to capture this alien on film. And, like, when the dude pulls out the fucking... Uh, the electric, like the, sorry, the non-electric camera, <laughs> and Kiki Palmer's like, I told you he'd roll up with the non, like, the yeah, whole theater's I just, like, that. laughing at that, like, yeah, <laughs> just, like, so many great moments that don't have to do with the horror that are just, like, just really good, and it's just, like, yeah, and also it's one to point out, Jordan Peele said in an interview, I think around the time that Us was coming out, and he was talking about, um, talking about Get Out, he said he wants to make movies that you have to watch twice, mm-hmm. and that, I feel like that's definitely um, the case for all three of them. There's a new, so I, I was chatting with a friend about Nope, and I was like, oh, I want to get a frame of that, the the biker, the TMZ guy, because he only has one lens on his helmet. Yeah, My yeah. friend didn't pick that up. Um, so like, I go to find a trailer, uh, and there's a new trailer out. I think it's like a TV spot. Call, I think it's called, like, Did You See Everything? And it is basically <laughs> saying, it's like showing all these shots. And I'm picking up stuff that I didn't pick up the first, when I saw the movie. And uh, wow. it's like, so yeah, they're they're telling you, go see it again. <laughs> like, uh, So like, for example, one of the things I didn't pick up uh, until I was watching this trailer was, so yeah, the TMZ guy, he has one lens. Um, and also the balloon that explodes and destroys the alien it is of, I believe it's like a cowboy <laughs> jupe, and he's winking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, 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 on the drive home from seeing the movie, I was talking to Emily, and I was like, why do you suppose that guy had one lens? Like, he only had one eye. And she was like, well, you only need one eye to view, look through a viewfinder, so why give him two? Like, if the idea is that he is obsessed with cameras and capturing things, uh, yeah, he doesn't yeah. need two eyes. He only needs the one eye to do his job. Um, and also the, his like computerized voice, like she believes is meant to suggest that at this point he is more camera than man. He is more machine than man. Hmm. Interesting. Which I think is a beautiful reading of that. So all credit to That's Emily. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool interpretation yeah. of that. Yeah. I thought he was just a crazy influencer. <laughs> he just likes to have, he just wants to have his phone. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nope is really great. Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty, it's probably playing somewhere out here, but um, yeah, at least I know the theaters nearby me is like, it's just playing Bullet Train, Minions, and a Detective Conan movie. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, so it, yeah, the, the showtimes get a little funky out here, so I gotta, I might have to do a little bit of searching. But apparently, there is like one of the biggest IMAX screens in the world out here. Like, really? Too far. Yeah, yeah, and this movie was shot in IMAX. I didn't realize that. I saw it in Dolby, which the sound was incredible. It absolutely elevated yeah, yeah. it. But like now, I want to see it in IMAX just to get like twenty percent more image or whatever. Just get, yeah, just need more frame, yeah, baby. Need more frame. <laughs> just need it. Right. Um, I haven't been watching much this week, but uh, besides the road, the only movie I watched upon arriving to Korea. Was the Gray Man? 
mm. with uh, Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. Ooh. And uh, yeah, directed by the Russo brothers. Um, not a great movie. Not it's not that great. I think there are some interesting things in it, but overall, it's kind of generic spy CIA shit explosions, yeah. uh, <laughs> gunfights that are kind of crazy. I think Chris Evans' performance is, I would say, worth the watch. I it, like he is uh, doing just like. He's having a good time. He's having a lot of fun just being a fucking psychopath. And I thought, uh, honestly, it is a really simple thing that, oh, yeah, like, take the guy who, you know, played Captain America and get him to, like, he has played douchebags in the past, but, you know, get get Captain America to play this, like, really deplorable villain that tortures people. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it really works for the movie. Um, it's, yeah, it's not breaking any ground or doing anything, like, too amazing. I think the script gets really repetitive where there's a lot of, like, catchphrases and people saying the same thing over and over again at cool moments and it gets kind of boring and you know i think there's a lot of like drone shots that are like this this is our establishing shot of like i don't know where whatever exotic location we're in and so it's a sweeping drone shot but after like the fifth or sixth one you're just like okay i i'm sorry now i can sort of see the playbook and now it's it's not as uh, clever but um if you're like me and you're in a position where you're looking for stuff to watch, stuff to do, uh, it is something might be worth putting on in the background. But um, uh, that's something that I want to kind of segue into. Just the last thing I want to mention is uh, kind of devastated by this like gutting of HBO Max that's kind of happening in front of us right now. It's like Discovery merging with yeah. Warner, and now HBO Max is going to get caught and it's caught in the wind of all that. Like sort of started with Joe Pera getting canceled a few weeks that's, ago. We talked. That's about where that. we see it starting. <laughs> I don't think most people care. Yeah, that's that's where we entered this war when when Joe Pera was the first yeah. uh, the first casualty. But yeah, like this big news this week is the Batgirl movie that's done is just completely scrapped. Shot. Um, I feel like there was one other movie too, right? Uh, I think there's a Scooby Doo movie that oh, was yeah. like done like in or at least like in post production that is getting scrapped. And yeah, more news is trickling out that this streaming service is probably going to be absorbed into the Discovery brand or whatever. And I, I say that all because I watched so fucking much HBO Max the first time I moved to Korea. That was like the main streaming service I used. Like I was watching The Sopranos every day. They have a pretty vast collection of movies. On my watch list right now is a bunch of Kurosawa films that I, I'm going to just like kind of just binge through over the next couple of weeks because who knows what the hell is going to happen yeah. to the streaming services. I feel like all and that so, content will be there. It's just going to be mixed in with a lot of shit. Yeah. Or it might get buried or it just might be, you know, names might change. It, you know, it just, it feels a little uncertain. And so that uncertainty makes me nervous. I think, uh, the, so here's my prediction. Uh, <laughs> Discovery is going to, they're going to want to pull a lot of um, expensive content that isn't getting, you know, whatever return they want so that they can start making very inexpensive content that does get a return. Um, they're going to find that a lot of this easy, shitty content that may work on television doesn't necessarily work for a paid streaming platform. They may then try and True. pivot to yeah. some sort of advertising model, ad-supported model. Um, yeah. Or they'll hopefully just be like, all right, well, let's start making good shit again so that we can actually attract paying customers. Because uh, people will watch shit for free, but I don't think a lot of people want to pay for shit. 
Yeah, I would love to give them the benefit of the doubt and be like, oh yeah, they'll probably find a way to allow these art house movies to exist. But like, I would like, you know, I don't think Eraserhead is going to have a, a very good home on Discovery Plus in, in the future. It's like, I, I want to be able to, I, don't, I, I feel like if it does happen and there is a space for it, it'll be, I don't know, it, it just won't, feel, it'll, it'll be there, but it might not feel the same. Or like you said, it'll, it'll be like, you know, an ad, like the ads there, which might make it kind of not as great. You know, yeah. I don't want to have ads cutting through, thrown to blood or something like that. I mean, like it'll that, probably so. be like a Hulu thing where you pay extra and it'll remove ads. And... Like, yeah, I think, it, like I think the idea is like, like I said, people will watch shit for free. So let's give them a free option so that they can watch that shit. And the people who want to pay for premium, like, and those people want to watch higher quality content, like, you pay for access to that. Like maybe we yeah, maybe they have yeah either two tiers or two separate streaming services. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't think putting shitty content if this is if this is what they're gonna do if my theory is correct. I don't think putting <laughs> shitty content on HBO Max is gonna work out. Um, yeah, I, well, I think it's just like that website is going to become a tab on the discovery thing, and mm-hmm. then it'll just kind of be a little bit more hidden. And I think it's gonna be like more catered towards stuff like Naked and Afraid. And but if they're know, smart. Shark shit. <laughs> if they're smart, which they're the, not. it'll be it'll be personalized. <laughs> so like, if you are watching the good stuff, that is the stuff you're seeing first. You'll probably still get promotional spaces on, on you know on the app uh, that is trying to feed you and direct you to bullshit. But like they like they want people to watch the content. They're gonna personalize it and present you with what they think is the best recommendation based on their machine learning algorithms. <laughs> Yeah, I don't this know. Is all, I'm, I'm, this I'm is all very about. industry talk. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, know, I, I know you're yeah. you're definitely the insider because yeah, that's that's what you do, and so I, I I trust you. But like, I'm also I'm just skeptical of just like, is this going to be some dude? Oh well, no, the, yeah. the numbers didn't hit the number. Cross yeah, it cross off the list just because that, that's just I how shit works. Might might happen too, you know. We we need you to be the sleeper cell in Discovery. We need, <laughs> need you to. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I'll go. <laughs> shake things up there um yeah it'll be like andor except the empire is daniel (laughs) yeah trying to get joe para back (laughs) (laughs) but we need to find the tomatoes all right um all right i think that might be it for 95 uh next week is uh thunderdome fuck yeah boy beyond thunderdome we're oh, not yeah. just so, going some... to the Thunderdome. We're going beyond the Thunderdome. Um, critics and scholars say this is the best one uh, by far. So have I'm you seen Beyond Thunderdome? I have seen Beyond. Okay. I think Beyond Thunderdome was the first one I saw, and honestly, childhood core memory of Thomas Churchill watching that movie, seeing the Master Blaster, and like the whole thing. Uh, spoilers, and then my dad having to explain to me what's going on because it was just so bizarre. Like, so I was just like, "It's time you learn like, what a Master Blaster is." It's like, like this is all just very disturbing to me, and I was yeah. just so confused, and yeah, he just kind of had to explain to me. That's a special what moment. Having your yeah. father explain Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, I have some some crazy mem- like movie memories with my dad that are just like yeah, just the core of my being. Just him, just having to explain just insane shit that's happening. On I remember my dad having to explain why, why Luke's arm stump didn't bleed when he got his hand chopped off. <laughs> he's like, you see, it's called cauterization. <laughs> like his real oh, scar cauterized. Right. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, looking forward to that. Um, 
Yeah, this has been episode 95 of Vague Zone. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. We'll see you on the next one. Oh.